Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of. Those I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t-shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million order stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. It's a global Arslang prepaid call from Arsene an inmate at Arsenal Football Club. Look, uh, one minute I am winning the title without losing a game. The next minute my life is uh, not so comfortable. Oh, he did it all right. I know he did it. Everyone knows he did it. He's such a wanker. Even a private investigator as accomplished as I am couldn't find any evidence to the contrary. It's my turn to talk now. What do you mean I have been cut? Oh... Welcome to a brand new Arse Blog Arsecast right here on arseblog.com. Hope you're well. Um, I'm all right, thanks. Got a beer, which is um, nice. And it is that time of the year, isn't it, where you can you can drink beer at any point of the day. And this actually is, well, it's Thursday evening when it's about half seven. So I think a man is entitled to a beer at half seven on a Thursday evening, don't you? I think so. Uh, so that's what I'm doing. So I'm going to drink a beer and record a podcast and, and see how it all goes. Podcast today brought to you in association with our friends at SavileRogue.com. That's Savile-Rogue.com. And if you are at this moment in time panicking about what you're going to get somebody for Christmas, check out their website, Savile-Rogue.com. They've got Arsenal-related hats and scarves and beanies and socks and uh, hip flasks, which you can fill with delicious booze and bring to the football, um, and all kinds of stuff on there that's uh, that's brilliant uh, that will uh, solve your problem because you've got to find 
find something to give somebody, right? You have to. Otherwise, they'll be so disappointed in you. They'll look at this and, why did you get me some flowers from a petrol station? Why did you put no thought into that? Don't you love me? Is this really what you think of me? When you could have just gone to the Savile Rogue website and got them something awesome. Now, uh, given the time that's left between now and Christmas, I'm assuming that uh, it'll be only UK delivery that's going to work. So all you people beyond the UK, just go to your local petrol station and get some flowers. That's it. You're you're doomed at this point. I'm sorry. There's nothing that I can do for you. There's nothing anybody can do for you. Christmas is ruined. I hope you're happy with yourself. For goodness sake. But anyway, check it out. Savile-rogue.com. We have got winners from last week uh, from the competition to win one of three beanie hats. And this week, even though Christmas will be gone by the time we get to to answer this, they've given us very kindly two £75 vouchers to spend on anything you want on the site. So uh, stay tuned a little bit later on uh, for details on that. And, um, yeah, so that's it. Savile-rogue.com. Go, go, go. Shop, 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 shop. Beer, hang on. Mmm. Mmm, tastes like beer. Mm. So, um, on this week's show, we've got all kinds of stuff going on because we're facing the Mug Smashers on Sunday. Sunday, yes. Uh, we'll be chatting to the Mug Smasher as well as that Ian McIntosh, uh, who you might know from Twitter or you might know from the Football Weekly podcast. All-round good guy. And uh, he'll be here in a few moments' time to talk about stuff, including Arsenal and some exciting things that he's involved with too. And um, what else is there? Well, um... Uh... Nothing else, really, apart from whatever stuff comes up between now and the end of the podcast. I probably should have planned something a bit more Christmassy. But, you know, the thing is, I kind of forgot, in a way. Like, I remembered this evening, when I was recording, that this is going to be the last Arscast before Christmas. But, during the week, when I could have uh, prepared something Christmassy... I, I forgot, really. And you kind of think, oh, it's ages away. It's ages and ages away. And then because, really, I don't give a shit about Christmas, generally speaking, apart from the sort of lying around and drinking beer and eating nice food, I, like, I mean, I like that kind of stuff, but I'm not heavily invested in it anymore. And it's a bit weird this year because uh, my daughter is away. She won't be home for Christmas, which is going to be strange. We're going to be where we are at home, and she's going to be flying around somewhere. Not, not that she's like Superman or girl or anything. She will be in a plane. So it's a bit weird. Um, and that that just made me kind of forget all about it. And then it's like, oh, shit, it's next week. Oh, I better buy some groceries and things and uh, the odd present for somebody. If only I knew a website where I could go. Anyway, so uh, I don't have anything particularly Christmassy planned. So apologies for that. But look, I'm sure you'll cope. We're not going to fall out over over something like that, I hope. Uh, the week, from an Arsenal point of view, was pretty quiet, obviously, because we we beat um, we beat Newcastle, and that was good. Nice goals from Giroud and Cazorla, and four one, and uh, we touched on it obviously in the Arscast extra on Monday, and and after that, the players got some time off, a few days away. On Saturday, after the uh, after the, the 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 Newcastle game, there was the Christmas party, the Arsenal player Christmas party. And um, they all went. Some of them were wearing Christmas jumpers. And and I believe there were shenanigans had at the party. There's all manner of things going on, like people jesting and 
pulling crackers and and um, telling the jokes off the crackers. It was wild, wild, I believe, properly. Um, but then they had a few days off to 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 get some rest and relaxation ahead of the the very very busy festive schedule in which we've got a load of games and not really enough players. So that leaves us in a bit of a, a sticky predicament. And even going into the game against Liverpool on Sunday, the early team news, which we will deal with later on, isn't hugely positive in the sense that there's nobody really back and we might actually lose another one or two along the way. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe between now and Sunday, we'll get the old, uh, you know, you know, like, like other teams do. And their players are kind of fit all the time. Maybe we should do, you know, for, uh, for Christmas. We could have all chipped in and got one of those machines. You know, the one where the the blood is rotated, uh, rotated and rotated. What, what is the, another word for rotated? Spinning. Spinning. A blood spinner. I wonder, do they sell those on, on Argos or on Harvey Norman? Probably not. We should have checked, though, because we could do with one of those. So that's what's going to be the challenge coming up between uh, now and, and the new year. It's just all the games are going to play and all the players who are going to have to play in them without very much rest at all. So hopefully this week they've been like completely chilled out, getting their legs rubbed and and massaged and and everything else to get them in tip-top perfect condition uh, for what's to come. And then, of course, there was the uh, announcement from Thierry Henry that he was retiring from football. No big surprise there when he left New York Red Bulls. Nobody's surprised that he's, he's retiring given his age and everything else. But he's joining Sky Sports as a pundit. Um, and as I said uh, on uh, on the blog during the week, I think it's great that uh, Sky Sports have employed at least one more person who knows how to speak English in the correct tense. Now, I don't know if he's got an educational role in there, too, where he might be able to teach native English speakers how to speak their own language properly, but I would guess not. Considering what he has to work with there, I think that's beyond the, the role of any educator, any teacher who would struggle and probably just go do something else. Just as you're walking out going, I, I don't know, I just can't take it. I can't take it. How, how can I explain to somebody he's did a very nice pass? Or I done this, come on. I do, you know, I, can't, I'm, I went to university. I studied to become a teacher. And this person that you pay a lot of money to, he, he can't speak English. In the, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with you for employing him? What am I doing with my life? And they go off then and open up a fish bar on a beach somewhere far away. Which doesn't sound like a bad thing, really. Driven to it, though, by the, the poor linguistic skills of Jamie's Redknapp and Carraher. But uh, Thierry retired. And uh, for people that were hoping he'd come back to Arsenal, he did say that he wants to do his coaching badges. And from what he was saying, and from what Arsene Wenger was saying before the uh, the announcement, it, it never felt like it was going to be one of those situations where he was going to come straight back to us. Because there, he's obviously got a lot of work to do. If he's still to start his coaching badges, he's he's got to get, you know, first rung on the ladder and, and climb the ladder and then be at the top of the ladder and stuff. But um, you, you would hope that, given that he's in London, A, we can facilitate him when it comes to doing his badges, that he can, he can bring some of the benefits of his uh, experience and quality and his, his life in football um, to Arsenal. And also, 
sort of text message. But also, you would like to think that we could, in some small way, whether it's informal or, or vaguely formal, ensure that ties are made between Arsenal and Thierry Henry. Because we've got legends who were part of the brilliant teams that we had doing things at clubs um, that aren't Arsenal. Now, Dennis Bergkamp at Ajax, you can understand that because obviously uh, his connection with Ajax. But Patrick Vieira at Manchester City, would he rather be at Arsenal or Manchester City? Really? If you think about it, I'm sure he would much prefer to be at Arsenal and then every summer look for a job at Real Madrid. But look, that's neither here nor there. I would hope that, given that Thierry is back in London and and uh, and everything else, uh, that we can we can just put something in place where he he remains part of the club. And I, I'm sure uh, if you haven't already heard the uh, the brilliant piece of audio that uh, Tayo put together, uh, which we carried on Ars Blog, uh, just go to arsblog.com and have a look on the front page. There you'll see it. The post is called Gold Tales: The Return of the King. Go have a listen to that and listen to the people who spoke about Thierry Henry scoring that goal against Leeds. And then you look at what Henry said about that goal against Leeds and and how much it meant to him. We have to make sure that that connection remains because, oh, it would just be awful if it didn't. Awful. So, sort that shit out, Arsenal. You do a lot of stuff that annoys a lot of people, but this, this would be beyond the pale. Beyond the pale. More beer, hang on. Fantastic. And what a brilliant player he was. Just so amazing. Uh, on Arsblog News, we carried uh, videos of his goals and 106 assists as well. 106 assists on top of all those goals. Holy shit. What an output. He was just absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, but uh, it was just nice to go back and relive some of those moments because um, it reminded us of, of how great things were. Maybe for some people it was like, oh, God, it was so great back then. But I think you've got to look back and enjoy that and remember that you were part of it and you lived it and you experienced it and you were privileged enough to see one of the best players that the game has ever produced do it week in, week out in our shirt. That's what you have to do. Not be going, oh, my God, why can't it be like it was? It it can't. It just can't. You can do your best to try and replicate that, but come on. There's really only one... Thierry Henry, and given the fact that there was only one Dennis Bergkamp and one Robert Perez and one Patrick Vieira all at the same time, man, it was good. I enjoyed it anyway, and I look back at it with great fondness, and a certain amount of wistfulness, but generally an awful lot of fondness. Anyway, I appear to have waffled on an awful lot longer than I had intended to. Um, value for money. That's what you're getting from this particular Arscast. Value for money. So let's speak to our first guest this week. He's been on the show before. Uh, he's a journalist. He's setting up a brandy new website. We'll find out details of that. It is the one and only Ian McIntosh. Hi there. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, I, I want to talk to you um, about your, your Arsenal experience so far this uh, season. Uh, we spoke last season and, and you, um, you touched on um, how it must feel to be an Arsenal fan um, at times, the, the frustration that goes with it because, you know, there's so many good things, but then all these um, other things tend to offset those. Um, how, how has this season been? Uh, are you a little more understanding or is it just more of the same? 
<laughs> no, I'm, I'm still resolutely holding my position that supporting Arsenal must be the most frustrating thing in the world. Um, it, it's a view that has um, that has brought much opposition, notably from from Tottenham fans. Um, but, it, but it's one I stick to anyway because of my. Uh, unshakable belief that Arsenal as a club has all the natural resources and all the man-made advantages uh, to do absolutely anything it wants to in European football and yet it just continually bounces off this glass ceiling of its own making uh, mm. by, by repeatedly getting the same things wrong. I honestly, I don't know how you and all other Arsenal fans maintain like any kind of sobriety. I, I would just drink all the way through it, I think. What on earth makes you think that I maintain sobriety? <laughs> You're smooth and dulcet tones, of course. Well, I, well, I mean, I could be a high-functioning alcoholic, for all you know. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm admitting to nothing here, just in case that backfires on me. But just throwing out options. Just yeah. Um, th- there have been moments, obviously, this season when Arsenal have looked really good. Um, they've been few and far between, but perhaps we saw last uh, last Saturday against Newcastle more of what Arsenal should be about this season. Great goals, um, relatively solid at the back against the team that had just beaten Chelsea. Um, and perhaps it's something that adds to the frustration, but but maybe there's a good thing in it as well in the sense that we've seen Olivier Giroud score twice, Santi Cazorla score twice, and all of a sudden it feels like there's a little bit of the burden lifted off Alexis Sanchez. Yeah, I think that, that game was so good um, for, for a number of reasons, but mainly because what you you had there was Arsenal performing as Arsenal was supposed to perform. Um, Wenger gets an awful lot of criticism for not being the sort of tactical micromanager that some other managers are. Um, but obviously, the flip side of that is what he's trying to create as a kind of uh, free-flowing template of attacking effervescent, fleet-footed football. And that's what you actually had at the weekend. You had people improvising and being spontaneous and being expressive and doing all of those wonderful Wenger things. And it it's been a long time since we've seen that kind of play. We've seen efforts at that play, but always constricted by fear and anxiety. But there, there it was. There was something there. And that was good because though the result in uh, Turkey was very good. Galatasaray were absolutely appalling. And mm. I don't think you could read too much into that. But there, there's not really any caveat you can put on Newcastle. They'd won, I think, six out of their last eight games. As you say, they'd just beaten Chelsea. They are... You know, not going to challenge for the title this season, but they're a, a, a strong and organised defensive unit these days. Um, and Arsenal absolutely eviscerated them. So I think there's an awful lot that can be taken from that. What they need to do now is is keep that offensive attacking side while tightening up everything at the back as well. And then maybe things will change. I'd, my, my views on Wenger are still very much the same that they were last season. And I, I don't think he's going to take the club forward but I do love and respect him and Mm. would delight in being proved wrong by him I mean that is the big question that's been vexing people I suppose when they've seen what's gone on this season is um, obviously the manager's future and you know we've uh, uh, said it before on this podcast about well in in reality when you give a manager a three-year deal it's a backing, uh, a considerable backing and a, a show of confidence in him. I mean, if you were, let's say, put in the position of Stan Kroenke, leaving aside his billions of, of dollars and what you might do with that yourself personally, which would probably have nothing to do with Arsenal <laughs> Football Club, like the rest of us, you'd be you know, on a lilo somewhere being fed pina coladas. But um, if you were being asked to, to, to make the decision, who is it that you would envisage uh, as as a potential future manager of Arsenal? Well, I think um, 
I think there's only one name that stands out, and he's, he's obviously having a, a poor season, but Jurgen Klopp looks looks actually ready for a move, whereas he didn't um, this time last season. Um, mm. he's, he's had a very, very tough year, um, but he's he's been well backed by the club there and the supporters there, which is the, the, the chance that he won't leave. But I think that would be the kind of manager you're looking for, someone with a, a bulletproof ego, who can cope with the enormous pressure that would be involved in replacing Arsene Wenger, uh, someone who's uh, tactically very good, uh, motivationally, if that's a word, um, very good, and, and someone with a, a record of, of, of winning things mm. uh, um, would be the direction I would go in. I have to say that right now, were, were I to be in, in Stan Kroenke's position, I would not be polishing the axe and getting ready to swing, but I would definitely be looking ahead to the summer. Mm. Um, yeah. And, you know, kind of putting... Basically, giving Arsene Wenger every chance to prove everybody wrong this season. But if it doesn't happen this season, I, I would be looking at, at making a change. Yeah, well, I, yeah, what you would do and what many other people would do, I think, is quite different from what, what Stan Kroenke will do. Um, yes. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, all right, well, look, how do you uh, view the, the festive side of things? Obviously, this time of year is really difficult for for clubs in general because they're playing so much football. Arsenal have a game on the 26th, one on the 28th, one on New Year's Day, I think, then there's the FA Cup. There's a lot of football in a very short period of time and and to be able to cope with that, obviously there's a, a, a mental side of things which you, you need to be able to dig deep but you also need to be able to reach into the depths of your squad and in certain areas, if you look up front, Arsenal have got an awful lot of depth but when you move further back, the worry is that maybe Arsenal don't have the legs to get them through this period. Yeah, exactly. And and this is still an issue that that nobody can say was a surprise. I mean, everybody was saying in the summer, are you sure there's enough cover at the back there, given that everybody at Arsenal gets injured at least once a month? Mm. Um, everybody knew that, and that was a gamble that has that has backfired spectacularly. Um, and it's, it's more complicated than it seems, obviously, because it's very difficult to buy someone specifically as a third or fourth-choice centre-back um, because people don't necessarily want to come along and not play, and you're only going to get a certain standard of, of footballer. Um, but there, there, were, there were always options. There were things that could have been done that, could have prevented repeated uses of fullbacks and centre-back positions. That is where Arsenal could have problems. Though, that, that said, when you look at the teams that they're playing, they've got a miserable Liverpool team, um, QPR who can't do anything uh, away from home. Uh, West Ham is the one that could trouble them, obviously, mm. uh, away at Upton Park. That's, that's not going to be pretty. But this time last year, I believe, if Arsenal won away at Upton Park um, in, a, in a most untypical Arsenal-style performance. They did a bit of a comeback with uh, Walcott and Podolsky. After in a bruising encounter in which they didn't shirk from their duty for a moment. It was, it was all very, very positive. So a little bit more of that. And, of course, the, the greatest advantage that Arsenal have this season is that with the exception of, of Chelsea and, to a lesser extent, Manchester City, everybody's rubbish. Mm. And no one's really pulling away. And anybody could finish third. So, yeah, maybe Kroenke's actually um, being smarter than people are giving him credit um, and is saying, look, you know, it's a bit transitional. There's been some terrible luck, but chances are I'll just finish third again or fourth. Onwards and upwards, as yeah. they say. 
Um, right, well, um, given the week that's in it, I just wanted to touch very briefly on Thierry Henry, and obviously he's somebody who Arsenal fans hold in, in tremendous affection for everything that he did, uh, for all the goals that he scored, all the goals that he made, and, and all the moments that, that he gave us as fans. But from somebody who was a bit more detached, where, where do you see him in the, in the pantheon of Premier League uh, strikers? Oh, God, he's, he's up there, definitely. Um, I mean, ranking them is always very, very dangerous, but you'd, you'd be hard-pushed not to put him in the t- top five, wouldn't you? Mm. Um, because he was the perfect combination of everything. You get um, quick strikers who aren't necessarily strong strikers, strong strikers who aren't necessarily technically accomplished strikers, and Thierry Henry was just everything to all men, um, blessed with that kind of impetuous streak that allowed him to try things other people wouldn't even think of doing the lob over Schmeichel being the the case in point and possibly the one incident that most typifies everything that Thierry Henry was he was absolutely outstanding Right, well look, let's move on from Thierry because uh, the the week has been spent waxing lyrical about him Uh, and and let's touch on your favourite subject now, which is is you Yay! (laughs) You uh, firstly have written a new book, and that might be something that people are interested in ahead of Christmas. So, uh, give us give us the rundown on Johnny Cook, the Impossible Job. Well, it's it's a novel, which is very very difficult to do, and only time will tell if I've made a complete ass of it or not. Mm. Um, Football fiction is is so hard because there's nothing you can do that could possibly match the excitement of reality. If you wrote a book about a, a some fallen giants who somehow scrapped their way to the European Cup final were 3-0 down at half-time came back to win on penalties, everyone would just laugh you out the house. <laughs> um, but of course, that's Istanbul in 2005. Um, so with this, I tried to go in the opposite direction, actually make football a sort of minimal part of it. Um, and it's, it's much more about, about characters and people being put in positions that they never expected to be in. Uh, Johnny Cook is a van driver who, for incredibly unlikely and yet somehow plausible reasons, <laughs> is installed as a Premier League manager with three games to go to save his team. Um, what doesn't help is that he's uh, incorrigible drunk. Um, he's in the middle of a, a, a deteriorating relationship with his girlfriend and all of the players absolutely loathe him. Uh, um, and so, uh, and so, yeah, there it is. That that was written uh, across 2013, mainly between the hours of about 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., um, which, which may explain some of the weird uh, uh, subplots that pop up. Because yeah, people are somewhat liquid at that time of night normally. <laughs> the only way through. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme to this conversation, Ian. Actually, <laughs> given that it's 11 o'clock in the morning uh, here, I think I think we're all right. Um, I'm I'm okay. Anyway, not it's having Christmas. It's socially acceptable now. Hang on, I'll be. I'll just go get a beer now. Actually, no. <laughs> um, all right. Well, h- how and uh, how do people get that? It's available in paperback and Kindle. Paperback and uh, all sorts of electronic firms. Right now, it's up on the Blizzard website, which you can find very easily by typing Blizzard in, into Google. It's £10 for a paper copy, and this is the most insulting bit. It's three quid for a download. Three quid. You spend a year of your life up in the small hours, rattling away on your laptop, and they sell it for three quid. You can't even buy a pint for three quid. Devastated. Well, it's, a, it's a bargain for the readers, though. Oh, it's great for them. Well, you know, until they start reading it and their world falls apart around them. But, uh, but you know, us poor, impoverished, high-functioning alcoholics, three pounds. <laughs> I'll tell you, when I get an agent, he's going to be livid. He will be, yeah. But, look, that's the way it is with these uh, digital books and stuff. But people, people should buy a, uh, an actual book, I think. They're much nicer, and you can touch well, them and feel them and stuff. 
I'll tell you what, it smells gorgeous. I do I, love the smell of a new book. Yeah, yeah, you break open that spine, get right in there, nuzzle into the center. Oh, ambrosia. <laughs> the other thing that you've been doing is uh, setting up a brand new website. So uh, I, don't, I don't actually know what that is. So you, 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 this is your chance to, to sell uh-huh. it. <laughs> I, know, I know you've been doing things on Twitter this week and, and getting people involved by uh, making doodles and drawings and, and uh, all that kind of fun stuff. But tell us a bit more about the website. Well, it, it was a bit of a surprise um, to me, but it's something that sort of developed over the summer um, that there were people who wanted to have a football website that was actually a, a certain level of quality. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of? Those I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t-shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. Um, in, in terms of the, the content, um, there is so much stuff on the internet right now that tends to fall into categories of 39 players Brendan Rodgers could conceivably buy over the summer or 17 reasons why Wayne Rooney should play in central midfield, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is very definitely going in the other direction. Um, the set pieces is going to be a website of football features, um, primarily first-hand things, so interviews. Um, features written by experts, reviews by experts. There's not going to be anything in here, which is the kind of thing you could cobble together in about half an hour. Um, so the, it, it's not going to be flooding the internet. There's probably only going to be one or two things updated on it every single day, but they're going to be big things. They're going to be good things. I have a policy, um, well, I have a number of policies. One is everybody gets paid. There's no no clickbait. There's no 
interns coming on to gain important profile um this is all going to be professional writers sure um writing about the things that they really know about it get good people to do stuff what they're good at um and we're going to get that up and running on january the 5th we're opening with um some some big interviews some some fascinating stories we've got some great people working on it and if you follow the set pieces on twitter you'll know that we're giving away stacks of stuff for free for no reason other than the fact that we're high functioning alcoholics giving away our stuff Absolutely. Well, look, who could argue with that? No one. No one in their right mind, Andrew. Yeah, this is exactly it. So the Set Pieces is the name of the website, um, and it's launching January 5th. Do we have a URL yet? Uh, not yet, but I would imagine it would be very the set pieces, um, dot com based. Um, I think the, the, the tech team behind me are working on that right now. Um, we're getting dummy content up and hitting it with spanners and seeing if it falls apart, that kind of thing. Brilliant. So it's going to be like long-form reading. It's going to be in-depth stuff that people can uh, read an some... article on the, on, the, on the train, on the tube, and it'll get them from A to B to C, perhaps. I'll tell you what we're looking, what we're looking to do. We're looking to give stuff to people so that they can read it when they're on the loo. That, that is the dream. You know, where you just, you're in an office and you know you're going to get paid for those five to ten minutes away, and you think you want to make it special for yourself so you get a good article on your phone you slip the phone into your back pocket and you go what nature uh, go and do what nature implores you to do but all the while you're reading our articles and i think if we can do that if we can know that around the world people are defecating while reading the set pieces that i think is the dream well look i have to tell you i'm i'm living the dream because i was uh, when i went to london last week i met darrow breen in dublin airport he was um heading back after doing a lot of shows here and he was heading back and uh, you say, oh, hello, how are you? How are you? And he said, oh, I was reading it this morning on the toilet, as I do. I mean, uh, it does not get much better than that, knowing people are, are reading you with their pants around their ankles. Exactly, because, you know, people can read on the train or they can read on their sofa or they can read before they go to bed. But, but that time, that special personal time, that <laughs> getting inside someone's life like that, I mean, that's the highest thing that anyone in my position can ever hope to do. Well, look, I wish you all the, uh, all the success in the world with that, in every aspect. And um, uh, have a very happy and uh, high-functioning Christmas, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up again in the new year, I hope. I certainly hope so, and good luck to, to Arsenal and their long-suffering supporters over what, what I hope will be a positive period. Thank you to Ian McIntosh. You can find him on Twitter, at Ian McIntosh. Ian's got an eye in it. I mean, an extra I, not just the one at the start. And the Macintosh has got an A in it. So it's Macintosh, not Macintosh. All right? Macintosh, not Macintosh. You got me? So you can find him there. And you can check out all his new website stuff. Check out the post on today's Ars blog, and you'll get uh, all the details and links that you need for that. Uh, and also the book, if that tickles your fancy. Speaking of books, if you do fancy uh, getting a copy of Together, the story of Arsenal's unbeaten season, go to the Tollington and buy one for somebody for Christmas, because at this point, uh, I don't think anything that I post is going to get there in time. Uh, so if you're in London and if you need a Christmas present, go there. Or, of course, to Savile Rogue. And Savile Rogue is where we're going right now. Last week, they gave us three beanie hats uh, to give away. And I asked you a question about who scored against Newcastle to secure a top four place at the expense of Tottenham a couple of seasons ago. The answer, of course, was Laurent Koscielny. Laurent Koscielny. It's just a moment silence for his Achilles there. And another one, just to make sure. Uh, the three winners chosen by the random number generator are Cameron McCulloch, Bill Potter, 
and Patrick Corcoran. Well done to you three. I will be in touch. I'll get your uh, address details and Savile Rogue will send those uh, beanie hats out to you. Now, this week, as I said, they've given us two £75 vouchers to give away. Very nice. You can spend those vouchers on anything at all, anything you want on the Savile Rogue website. But just answer me the following question. Given that we're playing uh, Liverpool on Sunday, who is the former Arsenal player currently seeing out his career at Liverpool right now? The former Arsenal player who is enjoying a semi-retirement at Liverpool. Answers, please, to competition at arseblog.com. That's competition at arseblog.com. And I give you the winner on the very next Arsecast. Now, the thing about it is, I don't know when the next Arsecast is going to be, because next Thursday is Christmas Day, right? I think I'm right. Uh, Yeah, next Thursday is Christmas Day. And much as I love you all, and I do, I do, but... I'm not spending Christmas Day doing a podcast. I'm going to spend it eating, growing large with food, bit of drinking, some more eating and drinking, and then watching TV and probably belching from time to time. Got to let some of that air out, let me tell you. So there won't be an Arsecast next Friday. There may well be an Arsecast extra on the following Monday because we'll have plenty to talk about because there's a game against uh, Queen's Park Rangers on the 26th and one against West Ham on the 28th. So assuming that James is is up for it and around and uh, not doing anything overly Christmassy himself, we'll have an Arsecast extra on the Monday. And then, well, you see, it gets difficult again, doesn't it? Because um, New Year's Day, we play Southampton And, you know, is anyone in any fit state to do a podcast on New Year's Day? I don't know that they are. So who knows when the next Arscast might be? I'm going to play it by ear and just see how it goes. But on the very next Arscast, whenever it might be, I give you the winner of those £75 vouchers. So you've got time to enter this uh, particular competition and we'll, we'll figure it out. You know, there's no point getting stressed about it, is there? No. More beer. Hang on. Uh, now then, as is traditional on the Arsecast, whenever we play the Mug Smashers, uh, we generally speak to uh, the Mug Smasher himself. And for those of you uh, who might be new to the podcast or new to the website and are wondering, what the fuck is a Mug Smasher? Well, uh, he's a Mug Smasher. He's a Liverpool fan. My uh, my younger brother, when we were much younger, we both had a, a mug of our team, mine Arsenal, his Liverpool, and he was going through the house, clanging them together, and the Arsenal mug smashed. So ever since then, he's been the mug smasher, and Liverpool have been the mug smashers. Still waiting, I have to say, for even the slightest, slightest hint of remorse. All these years later, it's, it, you know, hasn't happened. But look, I'll be the bigger man, I'll let it go. I've, I, you know, I've learned to live with it. Mostly. No, I have, honestly. So uh, let's do it. Let's uh, talk to the man himself. It is the Mug Smasher. Hello there. Good evening. After much um, fiddling with microphones and preamps and everything, you're here and you're, you're set up. Thank God for that. <laughs> the world could have been robbed of a, a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Well, look, I guess we've got to talk about Liverpool. Already? Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Um. How are you? How are you feeling about everything that's gone on so far? Um, it, well, it's it's pretty un, unenjoyable, should we say? Is it as bad as people are are saying? 
uh, what are people saying? Because I tend to just ignore everything when, when we go on runs like this. So I don't even know what people are saying. I don't either. I don't tend to look at Liverpool stuff, but I'm getting the sense from, you know, the talk about Rodgers and losing the dressing room and, uh, you know, results haven't been very good and all that. I'm guessing they're saying it's pretty bad. Yeah, I suppose so. And it is pretty bad, but losing the dressing room, I don't know, four months into a new season after coming second? Yeah. Seems a bit much. Yeah. Um, It might just be the press making or taking their opportunity to, to build stories. Yeah. Oh, there could be something to it. Who knows? Who knows? It would be a bit crazy for him to uh, to lose his job. He needs more time, right? Yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not enjoyable. And, and watching them, it's hard to see how he's going to turn it around, but he should be given the chance to do it, for sure. The signings that he made in the summer, obviously you lost Luis Suarez, who's gone on to bite people in warmer climes. Eventually, he will. Yeah. He will, definitely. Yeah, it'll happen. Yeah. Um, maybe a referee? <laughs> Possibly. Or a child. Yeah. A child. He could bite a child at yeah. any moment. Anything is possible. Yeah. So um, you have to obviously replace him, but how um, how much has the absence of storage been an issue? Um, it's enormous, yeah. I mean, it, you take the two of them out of the team, and that was 85%, was it, of our goals last season? Some stupid stat like that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he's he's been missed enormously, and not just for his goals, but for the work he does up front and the, the system we played with him and the team. We seem to have just no, um, no system, no set way of playing at the moment. Uh, it's all a bit clueless. And, uh, yeah. Although, I mean, we've been a little unlucky recently in that we've created some good chances. Uh, we just don't have anyone capable of taking them. That's where your storage and your Suarez comes in, as opposed to your yeah. your Ricky Lambert and your your Balotelli. Yeah, for sure. What, what have you thought of Balotelli? Oh, he's been pretty brutal. Um, it's not well. I mean, it's not entirely his fault, but he does himself no favors either. Yeah, by looking disinterested all the time. But there was promise early in the season. He looked like he was contributing well, and him and Sturridge played a couple of games together where they mm. looked like they might. Um, get to know each other but yeah it's. I find it hard to judge all the new players that we have it's hard to judge a player who's come into a, a dysfunctional team um, yeah but it, you know he's a fucking weirdo <laughs> um, at the back right there's a weird thing going on with your goalkeepers because um, Mignolet has been has been dropped for I don't know I mean maybe he's not as good as any, everybody said that he is right but He's been dropped for a guy who's way worse than he actually is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's uh, he's terrible. I didn't get to see the game on Sunday against United, but uh, I read. Yeah, I remember, read. remember that time I played in goal. <laughs> it was worse than that. Yeah, yeah. I was reading the the minute by minute, and uh, yeah, he just sat down for two of the goals. Apparently, we went completely the wrong way. Yeah, it was like if a left hand turn light came on, he went, "Oh, right." <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, it's peculiar. I mean, he played a little bit last season and he looked, like, competent. Mm. But, uh, yeah. What's the issue with with, uh, Mignolet? I have no idea. I mean, he's definitely got some problems, but he's not... I don't think he's terrible. I saw some... I think there was some analysis. Could have been after the Everton game when Jagielka scored that goal in the last minute and Gary Neville did a big um, thing about how he he crouches down. He's too squatty. 
Yeah. He's too low that if he stands up a bit more, he's got a better chance of of reaching the shots and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that may be true as well. Mm. But if your job is to just analyse football, I'd say you could find something peculiar about everyone. Yeah, if I can If you needed I to fill some time on a Monday night. I definitely could do that. Yeah. That, I, guy, that guy's a bit too standy uprighty. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much merit there was to that, but it's all gone to shit, basically. Yeah. Is that uh, disappointing given what happened last season? Because, you know, you were really, really close to, to doing something um, that nobody really expected you to do. Yeah. And it felt like uh, it would would be our only chance for a long time, mm. even last season. It was uh, a hint of sort of, uh, what's the word? Fantasy about the thing. Yeah. It wasn't realistic. You know, we just got some momentum and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. A bit heartbreaking in the end, but uh, you know, I guess you'd be judged at the end of the season and if he makes Champions League this year, that's kind of where we should have been. At this stage in his in his uh, stint as a manager, and last season's just an anomaly. Yeah, but uh, it's hard to think that rationally when we're losing all the time. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? Kind of set the bar a little bit too high too soon, and then yeah, it then, skews uh, people's expectations a bit. Mm. Um, but it's just it's been such a change, you know. It's such a change. But we couldn't defend last season either. We were just outscoring people. So yeah, you take the goals away and, and leave the shit defense in place and. This is what was going to happen. And the defence is is b- pretty bockety, isn't it? Yeah, it's terrible. The uh, Your man for the Southampton guy has not worked at all, has he? No. Now, I'm saying that now probably, and he's going to make, the have the best game of his career on Sunday, Bob. Yeah, he, he could well do, you know, and it could just be a betting in period, but I don't know. It seems like there's something more endemic than, mm. than that going on. It's not just him. I mean, they changed three of the back four for the start of the season. What did he think was going to happen? Yeah. What about your season? Yeah, it's been kind of a bit like a, a bit in the sense that yours is um, disappointing. Ours is disappointing as well because there was a lot of expectation after the FA Cup win and after uh, a title challenge which uh, didn't go as far as your one last season. But we were there. We were top of the table for a long time. So people thought, you know, we could kick on from here. And maybe stay in touch, not necessarily be top of the table the whole way, but but not be as far away as we are right now. But obviously you look at what's happened and the injuries and uh, lack of depth defensively yeah. is pretty shocking. Um, and that's cost us. So, um, yeah, it's been up and down and up and down and up and down. And um, when we have played well, it's generally been against terrible teams. Well, that says about Sunday. I don't know, but no, genuinely, I mean, you know, I know I have a feeling like I'm I'm nervous for Sunday, um, because we're a shambles, you know, and uh, you can Arsenal can destroy a team when they're not organised well. Mm. Um, but we could also be just as not organised as that team. That's that's that, the thing. That that's true, but we don't have anyone that can score goals. Mm. Yeah, we've got a few of those now. Yeah, you've got players that can score. Uh, and we don't. And yeah. that's that's going to be the difference, I'd say. Uh, Alexis. Yeah. He was, uh, you know, rumoured to be going to Liverpool. and uh, Was he? Yeah, during the summer. Yeah. Phil Thompson said that he was uh, it was done and dusted. Did he? He did, yeah. <laughs> so I'm very glad he was wrong. Yeah. He's good. He's been amazing, yeah. yeah. He's been amazing. He's but Suarez-ish you know in the sense that, you know, he's got that appetite for the game and the desire to win, yeah. but without the chomping. Yeah. Uh, 
Which is good. Yeah. I mean, he's not quite as good as Suarez. But, but it, that, that is a, something that's kind of hard to replace in a team, that will to win, because it, it, it kind of cheers everyone else up. But like I said, you know, when Liverpool lose, I don't watch much of the day, so... Yeah, I've, only, like I've only really seen snippets of Alexis the odd goal here and there on vines and things. I haven't really sat down and watched many matches. No, he's he's um, he's nonstop, like yeah. literally from first minute to last minute. He just runs and chases and harries, and he makes some bad decisions sometimes with the ball. Um, uh, but what he'll do if he, if that happens is he'll he'll run back and try and make up for it. Um, so his energy is just incredible. Scored some great goals, really positive all the time. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Without him, you'd be languishing. We would be in a lot, we'd be in a lot worse position. It's a pretty bad league so far. It is, isn't it? There's only really Chelsea have have played well. Yeah. uh, City look like they're getting their act together now. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. But everyone else is brutal. Mm. That's good for us, though, in a way. If, you know, for our meager ambitions to, to finish in the top four. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. I'm not optimistic. I think United will make it. Into the top, you think they'll stay there? Yeah, because I think in January they'll fix, fix their defence a little bit. Mm. And, and that's really all they've been missing. Yeah. Maybe. G- good strikers, in fairness. Yeah. Bastards. Yeah. Um, yeah, it has been a bit frustrating as well to see Chelsea play like that. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. The bits I've seen of them, they're really good. Quite divey, though. Divey last weekend. I heard. Yeah. Costa, was it? Uh, Costa and Gary Cahill, who was on a yellow card and did a, like, triple somersault in the box. And uh, somebody else, I can't remember. All of them. All of them. Probably Ramirez. I can't remember which one. But He is light in the feet and Hazard and Oscar. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was it could have been Oscar. Ah, one of them. Yeah. You know, a Mourinho came and said, no, nah, we, we, no, nah. no, nah, none of those were dives. Yeah, well. He's an evil man. He sure is. Evil. All right. Well, look, um, what, what's your prediction then for Sunday? I predict that Arsenal will win comfortably. Um, I'm mostly worried about an embarrassing defeat, a revenge for last season's game. I wish I could share your... Uh, is it confidence or is it lack of confidence? You would have lack of confidence in your own team. Yeah. So I wish I could share your lack of confidence in your team despite the form and everything else because... Uh, with this Arsenal team, anything, literally anything can happen because, you know, we went to Stoke and we were 3-0 down at half time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, you know. It could just be a shit fest, a nil-nil shit fest. I doubt it, but I think that the, the two defences are so rickety that nil-nil would be a real surprise. But if it was a 3-3, that wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest either. I, I just don't see a score in three goals. Yeah, no, an Arsenal comfortable win. All right. And okay. another shit Sunday. Yeah, you don't have to go to work on Monday, though, so... That's true. Right. Yeah, All it's right. Christmas. Well, season's greetings to you. Um, and to you, and the very best of luck. We we will probably encounter each other before Christmas for yeah. beer. You going out on Saturday? Yeah. Goodbye. Why not? See you then. All right. And just like that, he was gone. Totally disappeared from the studio. He's not here. He's not anywhere. Now my headphones have come out from the thing. Get the fucking Christing in. There you go. So as I was saying, that's the mug smasher, and let's hope he is a miserable, miserable mug smasher on Sunday. Not that I wish ill will on my own brother, but you know, come on. This is football. And as Bill Shankly said all those years ago, 
Football's not a matter of life or death. It's 22 tremendously overpaid cunts running around a field after a ball, and we all pretend that it matters somehow to get us away from the tedium and inanity of our day-to-day lives. I think that's what he said anyway. So, let's touch on that for just a few minutes as we see out this particular Arscast, the team news. Well, Arsene Wenger said there's a slight chance of Monreal being available and a very slight chance for Walcott. Okay. I think when you have the injuries we have, slight chances, you'll take it. You'll take it. He goes on to say, we hope that Oxley chamberlain will be fit. He's not training at the moment. We'll see on Saturday after a test. That does not sound particularly promising to me. And given the fact that we don't have Mikel Arteta, we don't have Aaron Ramsey, we don't have Jack Wilshire, we don't have Thomas Rosicki, if Oxlade-Chamberlain doesn't make it for the game on Sunday, Arsene Wenger is going to have to get his cock out. He will have absolutely no option other than to just put his cock in midfield. Thankfully, he brought his cock back from Charlton, where he was doing quite well. But I suppose you just never know when you're going to need to use your cock in Liverpool. So we'll wait and see what happens in terms of the the injury news. But that will be a bit of a blow if Oxlade-Chamberlain wasn't around, Um, despite the fact it allowed me to make those very childish jokes. Uh, up top, you know, we've loads of options, of course, with uh, with Giroud, with Welbeck, with Alexis, with Podolski, with um, uh, Campbell, with the other guys, Sonogo. So we've loads of options there, just not much in the way of midfield or defence. And that's why I was a little bit in disagreement with the Monk Smasher when he thought maybe nil-nil. If this game finishes nil-nil, I will eat my hat. Literally eat my hat. My hat is, is made of meat, by the way. Delicious meat. A meat hat. Just in case. When you say you'll eat your hat, that it comes true. So then you can actually eat your hat and not be chomping down material. Shelf life is not great, in fairness. They kind of go a bit stenchy after a while. But look, hey, to each their own. So... That's really about it. I mean, what can you say about Sunday? You just you just don't know. We got absolutely walloped there last year, but that was against a much better Liverpool team that had Luis Suarez in it and it had Daniel Sturridge in it, and uh, we we played like wankers that day. So you've got to hope that we don't play like wankers like we did against Stoke, and we'll play more like the not wankers that did against Galatasaray and Newcastle. Because you know, I think we owe them. We owe them one. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm just going to keep fingers crossed. I'm going to keep fingers crossed and, and hope that we can do it. Um, so that that's really about it. I don't know what else to say other than have yourselves a very Merry Christmas. If you're not going to listen to the Arsecast Extra on Monday, have a very Merry Christmas. And I'll talk to you whenever the next Arsecast is, which is at some point between now and the end of time. Can't be any clearer than that. I apologize. Thank you, as always, for your company. We'll have another Arsecast soon. Probably. Until then, cheers. Bye bye.
Ho, ho, ho. What would you like for Christmas, little boy? Wilson, I'd like a PS4 and an Xbox and a bike and a football and a remote control helicopter and Russell Brand to drag my family out of the bank-led austerity we find ourselves in and a selection box and a pair of original Nike Air Jordans and some gold bullion. Well, you have been a good boy this year. Let's see what Santa can bring you. Now, you little girl, what would you like for Christmas? I'd like a pony and a dress and a frozen doll. Uh, and an iPhone, and credit for my iPhone, and a puppy, and another puppy, oh, and a Kim Kardashian butt implant. Well, I think Santa can bring all those things to you, especially that last one. Now you, little boy, what would you like? We don't really want anything from me, Santa. We just want all the Arsenal players to be fit at the one time. Well, little boy, I'm afraid you're just going to have to fuck off. I'm Santa Claus, not a miracle worker. Oh, oh, oh. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 